enter the world of mind your own marketing business, explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge from the industry's best. George is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Joe Barsness from web and mobile development team Fjorge, and today on our show, we'll be talking with Stephanie Ring from Envision It. Welcome Welcome to the show, show, Stephanie. Stephanie. Thanks for having me. All right. As always, I like to get the lay of the land. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about you, Stephanie, um, and your company, Envision It. Absolutely. We are a digital marketing company based in Chicago. We have uh, around 50 employees and we've been in business for over 20 years. It actually started, we have the same owner, it started in his apartment with three people and now has grown to 50 people. And we really are a mix of media, creative and technology and where they all meet. My focus is more on the destination, so your digital experience. I love websites, I find them fascinating and everything that goes into them. Although if you had asked me when I was a child what I would be doing this, I would say no, I was gonna be your librarian or your school teacher. But here we go, technology has grown and I find myself in this role that I've been with Envision It for around five years and I've been in marketing now for, oh, we'll just call it 10, over 10 years. No need to age ourselves. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I know uh, we've met before. You guys have a beautiful office in Chicago on Michigan Avenue. Um, it's such a, a destination, and I'm sure there's lots of energy from that space and your location and your team. Um, and so I want to hear, like, what are you, Stephanie, working on on a, on a day-to-day basis? Like, what's your focus on a day-to-day basis in your organization? My focus really is making sure that all of our website experiences that our clients have are flawless. So a lot of times I'm on multiple projects that you'll never know I'm on because I'm in the background really working with our client experience managers and our tech team to ensure that we're meeting solutions for the client. And then sometimes on those larger, more complicated projects, I'm front and center, really taking the client through the journey that is building a website. Because it seems like it should be something that's fairly simple, but it can be quite complex. So my goal is to make it as simple as possible for our clients. Got it. No, that's great background. I want to hear, go back a little bit further, and and maybe it's website related, but I always like to ask because it's a fun thing to talk about on uh, with advertising and marketing folks. But what's the coolest thing you've gotten to do in your career, or a couple cool things? Anything that 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 comes out as something that uh, was really fun or engaging or impressive along the way? Sure. So I used to work a lot with a transportation company. And they ran a sweepstakes every year where the prize was sending somebody to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. And so I was in charge of helping to pick and notify that winner. And I actually got to talk with this winner whose son had been very ill with cancer. And this was just kind of like the dream of a life trip of a lifetime for her. And I was able to work with the client to really do some added special things, meet some of the Pro Bowl players, have some autographs for the sun, some photo ops, and that was just really heartwarming. Oh, that's cool. That is. It's not only giving something, but you're giving something that is truly a dream. 
right? Um, sometimes people have access to things that are really impressive, but if you're not into that thing, then it's not as impressive. But this sounded like it was a perfect match um, and something that was really engaging for the person who won the prize. So that's really cool. All right. Um, I want to hear, uh, you know, as you know, we're a, a highly technical team at Fjord, and I know that you work on a, a technical team at Envisionit. I want to talk a little bit about, um, like, how you feel like you can do effective technology work. What does a client need to know about technology and what it does for them in terms of a website these days? What what can you give give our listeners and and other agencies kind of pointers on how to do what you do effectively? I think one of the big things is technology is always changing. So what is the most latest cutting edge technology today can already be outdated in several weeks. And a lot of clients, they spend, you know, they get this marketing budget, they get it approved, and it's a very exciting time period to get a new website up and off the ground. And so you have this groundswell of effort to develop copy and your look and your feel to really state to your clients what your brand is. And you build it, you push it live, there's a celebration. And then most people don't think of what's next. What's next after that website is out there? It's still, that website is the first thing your clients see to your brand. And every day it kind of sits out there, it's at risk. It's at risk from technology changes. It's at risk from uh, spyware and malware that's out there on the website. And what I found is most clients really don't think of kind of that what's next moment. Sure. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I mean, as you know, we've talked a little bit about this and my, my analogy to folks on the very base level is that this is not something that just works into infinity. It, think of it not as a car that's sitting in a showroom for eight years. It's a car that somebody purchased, somebody adds aftermarket parts to, somebody drives down the highway with potholes, somebody, it rains, you can park it in a parking lot with security or without security. Um, you know, there's just tons of car metaphors that I use in, in that regard. So what does, a, what does an organization need to think about, you know, from like ongoing effort with security, with content updates, with, you know, you and I probably have both seen people just kind of ruin the design that was laid out initially or content that doesn't seem to fit or random things added to it to have this monstrosity that nobody can navigate? Like, what are some of the basics that you think about and some of the mistakes that you've seen as people take on that task of managing a site over time? Really, there are two main points, and one of them, keeping with the car metaphor, is a lot of times you might take out extended insurance on a car simply because you know there's gonna be a pothole, you know there's gonna be a flat tire, so similarly, you want that same insurance for your website. So we always recommend a monthly maintenance program for websites where you go in and you have a developer take a look. Is your base, your content management system, have there been any updates to that? Just really keeping things clean and fresh. So looking through any plugins to update, looking, updating, keeping your content management system any of your SEO tools current, as well as 
just doing a cleanup of your site for any sort of bugs, spyware, malware that have attached themselves to your site to remove it because those can cause your site to slow down. They can cause your site to break. And the last thing you want is for a customer to come to your site and they can't submit a contact us form because right, right. you have an error on your site. Right. They're not going to necessarily call you and tell you. A client isn't necessarily going to call you and tell you that they can't submit a form. They're just going to go on to the next competitor. Exactly. We once had a client who it took them several days to realize that their contact forms didn't work. And it was, you're right, nobody contacted them to let them know. So it was simply them noticing like, hey, it's been a while since we've had a form fill. And that was potential money in the door that they were losing. Right. Right. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, like the technology is really important to keep updated, right? One of the best um, things you can do from a security standpoint is keep all of your software up to date. Um, and that sounds like something that your team does really well. What, what other things, you know, in terms of like a marketer, so we've got the technology base down, right? You need to make some updates. You need to make sure you have a technology representative checking things out on a monthly, weekly, whatever basis. Um, what what are things that the marketer needs to do to keep their site kind of fresh and clean and updated and not grow too large, not have too little? What are the things ongoing that your team's thinking about from a marketing perspective? Sure. Well, Google loves if you're in a constant frame of updating the content on your site. That right, could right. be you know, creating new blog posts, adding news and media to your site. That can be, um, if you have a new product, making sure that you have a page on that product. On the flip side, you also want to make sure that users can still navigate the site. We've seen once you launch a new site, you have your sitemap, it's very clean, you have your user flows and journeys, and then two years later, you're having to um, actually use the site search to find something because your site has grown so large that users are having a hard time finding where they need to go. So really throughout when you're adding those new pages, think about that user journey. Think about where they're coming into your site, when they're going to want to come into contact with this new content, and how they can easily find it so that they can still navigate to not only your existing pages, but also the new content that you're adding to the site as well. Because nobody wants to try and navigate a spider web and wonder how they got there and how they can get back to somewhere. Right. No, that's great. It's a it's an ongoing effort, right? And it needs to be paid attention to. No matter how small, large your business is, it needs to be organized, well thought about, um, and done correctly in order to benefit both the inbound kind of potential from from the web, but also just the the user experience and the conversion rates that you're looking for on once they get there as well um what uh what recommendations do you have for folks that are thinking about what should people be looking for on their website when they when it triggers a like i need to think about reinvesting in this fully and rebuilding my website or redesigning my website are there any triggers that you look for or see when you're recommending that something be kind of stripped down to the studs and, and kind of built back up? Sure. There are several triggers. One is how old is the technology that your site is built on? If you've been keeping your technology up to date, it might be 
something where we can just maybe reskin or renavigate your website by changing some of the visuals on the site and how the content is structured, you might not need to go down to the studs because you already have a strong technology base that's doing what you need to. But a lot of times what we find out is your website might be five years old, the technology might not have been touched, and you started creating band-aids. So in order to get your leads from your website to your CRM, you've had to do special coding or you've had to create workarounds. And once you start to create those workarounds, then there are things that are only in select people's heads and nobody else knows how they work. And so it just creates this cascade of then when the next person comes in to try and make an update to the site, they're doing a workaround for the workaround and so much. And so you're actually spending more time and effort doing these workarounds. That's really when we recommend going down to the studs, starting over, looking at the business goals. Are you trying to get leads so you're looking for contact form submissions? Are you trying to have people purchase on the site? What are the ultimate goals that you want on that site and how do we make them as efficient as possible for users? Got it. No, that's great. I think that's like a great uh, you know comment about it's all about the users and 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 managing the site in a way that's efficient to get users what they need and if those things are getting in the way then it's time to think about okay let's let's we we had this house here's a house analogy for you and we added on a garage and then we added on a a sport court and then we added on a you know a sauna and pretty soon it's a really big house but nothing, it looks funny, right? Because it's it wasn't all cohesive at the beginning and that's the time to go, oh, maybe we should kind of bulldoze it and start over. From, I want to ask a little bit about your team's like process. So do you have a process for taking in small requests from clients um, in t sort of a maybe a little bit less proactive way and in, in more of a reactive, hey, I'd like to add this thing or I noticed a bug um, or even even worse, like uh, my site is down or, or I, nobody can buy something on my e-commerce store. Um, does your team have a process for handling those sorts of emergencies? Absolutely. So you're right, there are various levels. It's a difference between um, this image on the site isn't quite rendering and it looks like the model's head is getting cut off to nobody can submit a contact form or the ultimate the site is completely down. So within those, we try and respond accordingly. If your site is down, that's an immediate where we're getting a resource and we're looking on that right away because we want to get that site up. Similarly to if there is something that is impeding the flow of your business, that's also something that we're going to try and address same day. If it's something where maybe it's a you know, photo not rendering correctly or there's a little slowdown on a page speed, that is something that we're going to get into a queue and we try and address within, um, you know, three to four business days, let's say, depending sure, on sure. what is available. But we try and really spell that out and work well with our clients to maintain that proactive communication of either weekly or bi-weekly calls. So we can also even schedule some of those updates so that our clients know 
that they've got time held on, let's say, Friday to make updates. Sure. Got it. No, that's brilliant. Um, we do the same thing, but it's nice to have a coordinated time with the client for reviews or whatever it might be. Um, one thing that, that always comes up when uh, we're talking about website maintenance is, um, you know, the potential for a compromise. So I, I'm curious if you have experienced a compromise on either a site that you're, somebody calls you in an emergency that you've never heard of before, or, you know, it does happen even in the best security. I mean, you can have security for the president and presidents still get shot once in a blue moon, right? It does happen. What, what things have you seen in that world that have you seen it at all? And, and what action steps have you seen be successful there? I've had um, clients here, maybe former clients that were even before my time that have suddenly called up and said, Hey, Envision, you built my website, you know, seven years ago and now it's down and I don't know what to do. And so really what there is we want to be your client, the best partners to our clients, present and former. So a lot of times there we'll try and look in and we'll identify and get back to this client and be like, hey, it looks like your PHP version is no longer supported by your hosting company. Here's what it would take to get that up and get the site running again. And sometimes it can be a matter of, here's the quick fix to get your site up and running. It may cost X and here's really what the long-term lasting impact would be. Mm -hmm. And that might cost Y. And really kind of working with that client to see what their budget and bandwidth for changes is. Yeah, great. And it's really about, uh, you know, the people who are not, the, the teams that aren't like updating their PHP and aren't doing the kind of behind the scenes basics from a development perspective to keep everything updated and secure. You, in those situations, you're educating as much as you are, you know, talking about what you're going to do. This is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. This is why we're going to do it. And this is why it's going to cost that much. Right. And clients um, don't realize they, a lot of clients don't realize that, you know, if you're using a contact form submission plugin on your website, that that plugin could have vulnerabilities that have nothing to do with how we develop the site. Right. But right. it's on that side and they might have identified and pushed out a security fix. But because that wasn't updated on your site, that opens up a back door for hackers to get into your contact. Right. Not only can they like it's the, the key is that if it's if they find a vulnerability in that plugin on one website and they know that that plugin is on a, a million websites, they can programmatically compromise or hack the other nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine websites. Right because they can repeat their process automatically to do that. And that's why it's so important to, um, to keep those software uh, pieces or those plugins update. You have another developer that's touching your website essentially, um, and they're providing um, security fixes for their piece. And it's also why you know plugins are great, they're cheap, and we use them, you use them, everybody uses them, but keeping them to a minimum is important as well. We don't want to see, you know, I've seen over a hundred plugins on a WordPress site, for example. And that means that a hundred different developers are essentially touching your website on a monthly basis, which creates all sort of conflicts, 
right? They're even doing things where maybe it's not a virus related, but you might have two plugins to optimize the page speed, but they're fighting against each other. Right. It's actually causing your site to be slower. They weren't fighting against each other last week, but now that new code has been implemented or something has changed, they might be fighting against each other now. And they're not even trying to, they just aren't, they don't need to think about that other company or organization that they don't talk to, right? Um, so yeah, it's absolutely imperative that, uh, you know, folks understand how all of this works to see the value and the safety. I think the other thing that I like to talk about and you kind of did with the insurance aspect is like, it's like doing oil changes. Yeah. You're going to pay, you know, in entire rotations and the regularly scheduled maintenance on your car is oftentimes cheaper than not doing anything and being stuck on the side of the road you know, not and getting a tow and finding out that, you know, you didn't do your oil change. And so now you need a new engine. I, I mean, that's probably an extreme example. Um, but you would have been better off doing way better off. You never would have experienced being on the side of the road. You would have saved money and you would have had a better experience overall. And now you've paid more. You were on the side of the road and you have an emergency on your hands. And that's kind of the, the overall feel that we give and you give to to clients does that kind of is that analogy again kind of in line that analogy is perfect because maybe being on the side of the road caused you to miss an event you were going to maybe it was in the middle of the night and it was dark and so it's an unsafe environment there are just so many things that you can avoid yeah yeah absolutely the last thing i want to talk about a little bit um is is hosting and how that relates to web maintenance. Um, so uh, what does your team do in that situation? Do you have any preferred hosts? Do you have any strategies or thoughts around, you know, um, it being a client hosted experience, a specialty host or anything that you guys do in that world that really helps clients out? Sure. So we do have a preferred hosting vendor that we work with. Um, that uh, majority of our sites that we manage hosting are on. Of course, we look at the requirements because some sites may be due to traffic and bandwidth or just being custom built need specific hosting needs and we'll find a vendor that suits them. So in addition to keeping your site up to date, um, servers also need to be kept up to date. So it's really important just to know what version, for example, if you're on a WordPress site, what version of PHP does your hosting provider, what server is that on? Because those can also get out of date as well. And you wanna make sure that whatever version your website is on, your hosting environment supports that as well and that they have good security precautions in place to make sure that it's not that your website is fine, but your hosting provider goes down. Yep, As yep. we all know, it happens though. Amazon was just down the other day. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, and a, a, a lot of people know then because it's the biggest websites. I mean, small websites are hosted on Amazon too. A lot of them are, but uh, the, the the largest ones often are. And so it's it's fun. It's, it's interesting to see that this, it does happen to everybody, I think is kind of the point. And the other thing that I talk about is like, not all hosting is equal. 
Like I think it's it's a little bit like buying wine when you're not a wine enthusiast. You're kind of judging by the price a little bit. It doesn't tell you the whole story and yes, there are cheap wines that are great and great wines or like terrible wines that are expensive, right? It's, it's a little bit like that, but the uneducated purchaser is judging a little bit on price. And I think in general that that's, that somewhat applies here. I, I think that there are hosting plans on GoDaddy for $4 a month. And it, if you don't know, it seems like, you know, it's going to be a great, you have no idea why people pay $100 a month to host on Amazon or somewhere else. But there usually are reasons for that. And so be aware that somebody like Stephanie, you or, or, or myself can talk to folks about what the appropriate hosting is or the appropriate wine for your party is. Um, as an example, and, and I think that there's, you know, look to the experts there and you kind of get what you pay for in general. So be wary that it's not just buy the cheapest one because everything's the same. It's not a commodity like some other Modern things, things might be. We had a client who came to us and their issue was that their website was very slow. And mm -hmm. just by moving off of the hosting provider that they were using, we increased their site speed by 10 times without <laughs> changing a thing on their website. It's just one of the levers that you can pull, right? It's not always the solution, but you can maybe sniff that out pretty quickly and, and a minor change can make a huge difference, right? Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking to me about something I'm passionate about, which is website maintenance. You know, that's it. That's all we have uh, time for today on Mind Your Own Marketing Business. Thank you so much to Stephanie Ring from Envision It uh, for joining us on the show. And thank you to our listeners for joining. You can download episodes of our program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash mindyourownmarketingbusiness or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks so much again, Stephanie, for being on the show.